0: Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, and I'm going to be reading from verses 11 to 18. 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 11. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 10. Sorry to throw you that curveball. Starting at verse 10. By this it is evident you are the children of God, and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the devil, of the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we are passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need it closes his heart against him how does god's love abide in him little children let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth let's pray father we thank you for this beautiful morning thank you that we can all gather together and we can worship in spirit and truth but now we can sit under your word and hear what you have to say to our hearts, please, Holy Spirit, do a great work in our hearts. Convict us of any sin. Teach us your truths and help us to, to be clothed in your son's righteousness. Help us. Help us, Father, please be merciful, be gracious to us. But thank you that we can listen to your word. Thank you that you've given us ears to listen. So please help all of us and help me as well to be clear and understood. Father, this letter has been very challenging, very encouraging, and it's really a lovely letter for us to examine our hearts to see if we are in Christ Jesus, if we are walking faithfully and humbly with him. So Father, help us now to hear and listen to what your word has to say. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. For me, we come to another tough passage Which is all on loving one another. But yeah, yeah, someone said this. There are many who preach Christ. But not many who live Christ. My great aim will be to live Christ. And I thought I'd work that quote around and say, There are many Christians who profess Jesus. But not many who live Jesus. My great aim will be to live Jesus. Is that your great aim as well? That we want to live Jesus? We want to live and honour and glorify His name? Because this is what this passage is teaching us. That loving one another will show that we live for Jesus. It will show that we are glorifying and honouring His name. But as we look at this passage, we also want to see why is loving one another as a Christian so important? And hopefully we will examine our hearts to see why loving one another as a Christian is so important. Are we loving our brothers and sisters in Christ as needs arise? I can stop there and just say Are we loving our brothers and sisters in Christ as needs needs arise? And we can say, yes. But what happens if I add this on? Are we loving our brothers and sisters in Christ as needs arise according to God's word? It's a big difference. We can all say, yes, we love. But are we loving according to scripture? Are we loving the way Jesus, our Lord and Savior, taught us and called us to love? And by loving one another, I mean getting involved in your brother or sister's life. Find out what their needs are. And then meet them by helping them, caring for them, sharing with them, providing for them. Not just talking and encouraging them and patting them on the back and giving them lip service of compassion. Loving one another is being actively involved in someone's life. And as Christians, we don't give lip service to compassion. We demonstrate Christ-like love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We demonstrate it. We, we show them that we love Jesus by helping them. Romans 12:9 says, "Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine." And of course, none of this is going to be easy. We need God's grace, and we need each other. We need to encourage each other. And to, to help one another to love according to God's word. And this passage is teaching us to love one another as in our brothers and sisters. It's not talking about the stranger, it's not talking about the unlovely, the enemy. It's talking about brothers and sisters. And if we are loving one another in the church and we are obeying and honoring Jesus, then we're going to glorify God. But this is going to require obedience to do Jesus' command to love. Because He has left us a new commandment. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Just as, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And Jesus points to his own example of self-sacrificing love as the pattern for keeping the new commandment. And what a great man, son of man, the son of God to look to, who's faithful. Everything he has told us and taught us, he has practiced it faithfully, truthfully, obediently. What a great man to look to, to learn from. Hopefully we will learn to love one another. Learn to love our brothers and sisters like Jesus loved us. A self-giving love for one another. And if we are, then the world will identify us as His disciples. There's a beautiful quote just reading around. Indeed, love is to be the distinguishing mark of Christ's followers. So how do we know if we're loving one another and how do we know why it is important for loving one another we're going to see that but john has told us in in chapter 5 verse 13 i write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of god that you may know that you have eternal life this whole letter is is looking at what john is saying to see And know that if we're doing this and we're obeying Jesus, we have eternal life. And how do I know if I have eternal life? Well, if we're loving one another. If we're loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have eternal life. So this morning I want to encourage us with two truths from 1 John chapter 3 verses 11 to 18. Just encourage us with two truths that tell us why loving one another as Christians is so important. And the first truth that we're going to look at this morning from 1 John chapter 3 verses 11 to 15 and the first truth that tells us why one another, why loving one another as a Christian is so important is, is, is a negative. If we don't love one another, we remain in death. That's the truth. If we don't love one another, if we are not loving one another, we remain in death. And we're going to see this as we look at this verse. As As you can see, I read verse 10 because verse 10 actually gets verse 11 going. By this, it is evident that you are children of God. And who are the children of God? Of the devil? Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. And in verse 11, says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Like someone said, John is telling us, it's a command to obey, not a suggestion to consider. We shouldn't sit down and consider, oh, should I love? How can I love that person? How can I help that person? It's not a suggestion to consider, it's a command to obey. And we read that command earlier on in John. Chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, I'll read it again. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, and you also are to love one another. By this all people will know, that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And this is a great opportunity for the youth. You can start at school. How can you care for someone in the playground? How can you help someone in the playground that is in need? So if we don't start with small things and we don't start teaching our children how to love one another it's not going to flow out the house. It's not going to flow out the church door. And it's the beautiful thing is God always gets us to start in the family because that's where everything starts. You teach your children how to love, you teach your children how to do things in the house and hopefully they carry that out into the world and that's the same. Everything starts in the family of God, yeah, with each other. And then we take it out to the rest of the world. We don't just throw our children out there, we train them to go out there and hopefully walk in His ways and do the right things. That's why we train our children, for the future. Everything you parent today is for the future. It carries into the future, hopefully. And this isn't a new commandment for God's people. The Israelites, in Leviticus 19, verse 18, were told to love their neighbor... And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, they were told to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's where the Shema comes in. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It's new because it's based on Jesus' example. We look to him, and he has set how we're supposed to love one another selflessly and sacrificially. There's another lovely quote. Someone said, Love is not an emotion that rises or falls with changing circumstances and inclinations. It is never to be a hostage to our fluctuating emotions. And how true is that? Everything goes well, we love well. As soon as stuff goes against, we don't love well. And that wasn't Jesus. If Jesus had Conditions attached to His love and loving us. We wouldn't be sitting here today. He loves us unconditionally as His children and He loves us in spite of. Obviously we grieve Him, we cause sadness, but He continues to love us through that in spite of. It doesn't allow His emotions to control His love for people. And people will disappoint you. You will help someone down the road. I know, I can think of Mike Selaskus and his family, and Mike was doing street ministry, and some guys asked him for a Bible. And he thought, great, he's gonna do a good deed. He's going to get them some Bibles. And he did. But what did they do with the Bibles? They took the pages and they rolled them up and they made joints, they smoked with them, to his disappointment. That's gonna happen, we're gonna help people, and they are going to disappoint us. But we must continue loving. And caring for people. Because God will put people in our midst, in, in front of us, and He will use those people to grow us. Either they will do good with what we give them, or they will do bad. And He still wants us to love through that. Because God is our teacher, He's always teaching us to look beyond our own selfish hearts. Because if God loved me like I love those people, I'd disappoint Him every day. And as far as I know, I should be six foot under. But it's only his grace and his mercy that we all sit here and stand because he loves us and he's, and he's and he's training us in his word so we can love one another as we progress with loving one another but john is amazing he he, he says in verse 11 for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another He could have gone to verse 16 and said, By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. And then could have gone into the gospel and pointing us to Jesus. But no, he starts with a negative. He says, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. In verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Lovely. God's grace, God's mercy, He has a warning. Because a lot of times we think we're loving people, but it's according to our way, maybe man's way. And we haven't thought about it. this is God's way to love. And yeah, he brings a warning. He warns us that we should not be like Cain. Even Judas, but we're not going to Judas. We're sticking with Cain. Because we find the story of Cain in Genesis chapter 4. And you can turn there, if you like, in Genesis chapter 4. It's the lovely story of Cain. And I'll point things out as we look at that. And it's a tragic story. It's out of jealousy that Cain murdered his biological brother, Abel, and spent the rest of his life away from the presence of God. We're a family, we have spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. How can we not love one another? How can we not care for one another when there is a need? We'll either be like Cain or we'll be like Abel and Cain is a tragic story it's out of jealousy but we see God's love for Cain we know chapter 4 of Genesis now Adam knew Eve his wife and she conceived and bore Cain saying I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord and again she bore his brother Abel And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. And then, at the end of verse 4, And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. But the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And then Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? There's a blatant lie. As well as murder, there is lying. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And in verse 16, And Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. See, the problem is a hard problem. Cain Was jealous of Abel. He hated Abel because God showed favor towards Abel and not his offering. But do you notice that Cain and Abel professed to be followers of God. It's like two Christians. One is a Cain, one is an Abel. One is a false follower and one is a true follower. And Cain brings the wrong sacrifice where Abel does. But God warns Cain. What a loving God. God warns us. If there's sin in your life, if you don't change, you don't repent, well then there's eternal condemnation. But the problem is a heart problem. Jesus told us, from within out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness and all evil things come from within. And they defile a person's Heart, and you've heard one of those: murder, pride, evil thoughts. That's why it's always a heart problem. God came to Cain and said, "Take a look at your heart. Take a look at yourself. Go look in the mirror." There's sin crashing at the door. It's desires contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Do something. But Cain doesn't. Cain is the evil one, and he murders his brother out of jealousy, out of hatred. And he did this because his own deeds were evil, and his brother's righteous. I learned something now reading around and share with you what I've learned from one of the commentators. They said that John moves beyond the author of Genesis wrongdoing. So in Genesis chapter four, you can see there's wrongdoing. You can also read about Cain and Abel in Hebrews, and he says, and in Hebrews, he moves beyond lack of faith. And places Cain's motive at the devil's doorstep. You see, murderer and liar. Because if you go to the Gospels, you see Jesus doing exactly the same thing to the Pharisees, the religious readers. Turn with me to to John chapter 8, verse 44. And we see this all in in Cain's life. Exactly what Jesus says to these Pharisees. Verse 44 of John chapter 8. You are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. This is the devil. The devil is real. You must remember that. And the devil is full of hatred for God's church and God's people. But you see there the connection cain is of the devil from the beginning we can see there was always murderer murdering there was always lying and this is connected to what jesus said we need to know that that can't dwell in our hearts murder and lying if we profess to be jesus i'm not saying that You're not going to lie. If you lie, ask God to forgive you. But remember, we looked at the passage before, was all practicing sin. You can't practice being a liar and think you have eternal life. You might be sitting here this morning saying, Well, Mark, you know what? I've never murdered anybody, so that's cool with me. But I like to say this from Sermon on the Mount. You've heard that it was said... To this of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, Jesus says, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. You might not outwardly murder, but you can murder in your heart. You can't escape God You can show everybody else, from outwardly, how great you are, but inwardly, you could be this dark, cold, angry, hating person. But people think you're loving, you're caring. And if you can't love your brother or your sister and help them in need, then we've got to always look back and see what God's Word says. We know that we are passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. See, the beautiful thing is, if we go back to Cain and Abel's story, Cain showed through his sacrifice he did not love God. He didn't care what he bought. Abel, through his sacrifice, showed he loved God. Because he bought the right sacrifice that honoured God. What heart do you bring here this morning? What heart does God see? God looks at the heart. Does he see a humble, obedient, loving, giving, caring heart? Not a perfect heart. We all struggle to love. It's why we need each other. Like I said, Cain had no love because it showed in his sacrifice and by the killing of his brother Abel. That's why John says, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Like I said, we might not go around physically murdering people, but we could be murdering people in our hearts because we're angry. John doesn't stop there, he says do not be surprised brothers that the world hates you. Basically just as Cain hated his brother and then killed him, so the world never tires of hating us and killing us men and women of faith like Abel. The world's always going to hate us, it's always going to attack us when we speak out for the truth Go up to a university campus. Go there today or tomorrow when they, when they are around. And go and try to tell them about God's design for marriage, sex and gender. And I guarantee you'll be kicked off stone, beaten. They don't want to hear the truth. No one wants to hear the truth outside that door except for Christians. And maybe morally upright people. But the world is against the church when it speaks out. Against these things so if Cain hated his brother that's exactly how the world's what the world's going to do and they might kill you and they might martyr you and they will lie to you obviously because what we hear from the world about gender and sex and marriage is a lie because it comes from the father of lies and children maybe you lie because of peer pressure maybe you lie because you're worried that if you told the truth you're going to get more into trouble no parents if you if your if your children can be truthful help them to be truthful when they come and they tell you something and they're honest to you dad i broke this window i'm sorry don't lose it with him now or her be grateful that they came and they told you and they were, they were open and they were honest. You didn't have to go find out. And then they lied. No, no, Dad. Some boy across the road there, I saw him with his catty and and he hit the window. We can either encourage our children to be truthful and honest or we can encourage them to lie and keep on lying. God hates a liar because every false religion out there is a lie. That's exactly what Jesus said to the Pharisees. You are the father of lies. Who was a murderer from the beginning. No truth in him. He is a liar. And that's Satan. That's the devil. And Jesus has warned us. The world hates you. Know that it has hated me before it hated you. Because if you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The world hates us. But we know our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ gives us victory over the world. Our faith. And if the world hates you, when we are practicing righteousness, then we are doing something right. Like someone said, if the world warmly embraces us as a Christian, it is likely because we have warmly embraced the world. Christians are unworldly. And again, we are reminded, if there's lack of love to our fellow believers, and we show that we lack love, then we are past. Basically, ever does not love abides in death. We are still dead in our sins. We're still following the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience, living in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, By nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We can't say we are a Christian and we are living, not loving a brother and sister. Meeting their needs. Like someone said, hatred. uh, The Christian hates. It says, hatred does the hater far more damage than it does anyone else. If you're hating as a Christian you're doing more damage to yourself than you're actually doing damage to the person you're hating. Not loving our fellow Christian brother and sister in Christ shows that we are still enslaved to sin. We're still presenting our members as instruments for unrighteousness and we will still remain in death. Can we as Christians continue being a hater and still call ourselves a Christian. We've passed out of death into life. And Lord willing, next Sunday we'll look at the positive, loving one another. And if we're loving one another, we inherit eternal life. But the negative, if we are not loving one another, we remain in death we inherit eternal death. And what a challenge this first truth is to us. Telling us if we don't love one another, we remain in death. And this is a great challenge for us to to examine our hearts. To see if we are a children of the devil and have eternal death. Because on the cross, if you turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. On the cross there, Jesus died. And we can read verse 8. But God showed His love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God just didn't talk about loving the world and, and this is how, what He's going to do, etc. He didn't just talk. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't just... A speech. He demonstrated his love. He put his words into action. He demonstrated his love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if you go back to verse 5 of Romans chapter 5. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And because of Christ dying on the cross, God demonstrated his love for us. When we believe, God pours out His heart into us to help us to love one another. He's given us His Spirit. Because none of this is easy. Anybody can just put up their hand and say, I found the secret. Great. Teach us the secret. There is no secret. We need to help one another. To love one another. To meet needs. To encourage. To come together. And we'll see this more worked out, Lord willing, next Sunday. The positive, loving one another and what it brings. But at the moment, if you're not loving one another and there's hatred, then you remain in death. There's no eternal life in your heart. Go wrestle with God. Go read this passage and see for your souls that God has poured out his love into hearts for the purpose of loving one another. Loving one another equals eternal life. Not loving one another equals eternal death. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you if we could all gather around your word. And hear and yeah, what your word has to say to us. Father, please forgive us. Please, we do not love according to your word. We all struggle. No one has arrived. Not even the pastors. Not even the pope. Father, have mercy. Please, may we learn to love according to your word. May we encourage one another. May we help one another, especially meeting the needs of those around us. Father, thank you again that your scripture always humbles us, always puts our feet back on the ground to walk by faith, to trust you and to honour you. So, Father, please, Again, give us wisdom to love one another, to help meet the needs of our daily brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what it is. Help us not to just offer lip service of compassion, but to really see where we can help. Father, be merciful to this church. Help us, help everybody here this morning to examine their heart, to see are they really, truly loving one another, meeting the needs of their brothers and sisters in Christ, as they arise according to Scripture. Forgive us, Father. Give us wisdom to do this, to love. I pray, and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.